Howdy and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, Eddie Betts' new book reveals weird details of a 2018 camp with the Adelaide Crows and Ricky Stewart's shocking comments raise the question around the future of post-match press conferences in the NRL. Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't realised, because we do sound quite similar, it's actually Keely Silver, not Marley Silver. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my loser co-host. I couldn't think of a better adjective. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we actually have all three of us in the studio. Not in the studio, but together. Uh, G Moore joins us from London Town and Marley is sitting next to me. Marley's got laryngitis, which to be honest, could be the best thing that's ever happened to us. Um, no offence. She will be talking. She'll be um, crackly. She's just going to try and pick her moments and talk about the most important stuff. Is that correct? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but first of all, how are our weeks? G Moore, you can start us off. Uh, my week was good. I have, I had a kind of quiet weekend because I have lots and lots of big weekends coming up. I'm going to Portugal this weekend as we're recording. So that will be in my How Was My Week next week. But my week this week was uh, really good. I'm settling into living with my sister, which is fun. It's still really bloody hot over here, which is great. Um, nothing to complain about, really. I had a really fun FaceTime with Cooper Johns in the wee hours of the morning over the weekend, which was entertaining, <laughs> as you can imagine. So, yeah, no complaints here. I actually did receive a screenshot from G of, of Cooper and um, our old friend did look under the leather, which is good. But okay. quick, more importantly, where are you going in Portugal? Uh, Porto. Oh. The origin city of Port itself. Beautiful. <laughs> Marley, in 10 words or less, how was your week? I don't think it's fair to put word limits on me. <laughs> like you you under- literally said to me... The only way to fix this is to not talk. Yeah, I know, but I haven't spoke, spoken that much today. Anyway, my week was pretty bloody good. Um, had a very nice weekend that involved going to Carmen's, which is a nightclub in the Shire that I haven't been to since I was about 19. Um, so that made me feel very old, but it was fantastic. And then I had two hours sleep and got up and got on a plane to Queensland. This could almost the be the reason city. that yes. you... I have no voice. No, I didn't have a voice on Friday. Oh, okay. So this is – it's not from a big night, even though that's what every single person said to me that I spoke to when I was up in Bundaberg. Bundy. For our cousin Braden Burns' 50th NRL game, which is a very big achievement for him because he had a lot of injuries and it was very emotional and it was very, very great. And Bundy's a great part of the world and we drove past Harvey Bay and I thought of you, G, more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm great even though I don't sound great. I feel fine. I just sound absolutely putrid. Great. How was your week, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, my week was pretty good. It was my birthday on Thursday. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was your birthday. Um, I think I calculated collectively over the weekend I had 14 hours sleep. Nice. Yep. Um, actually went out Thursday night, which was wild. Yeah, uh, that was rogue. Speaking of rogue FaceTimes, <laughs> I had Katoni Staggs and Jake Turpin screaming at me on the other end of Kelly's <laughs> phone on Thursday. It was actually it was yelling. <laughs> it was yelling and it was... Just as I'd finished work on Thursday afternoon, so it was like the wee hours of Friday morning for you guys, and I was walking home and I got this FaceTime and I was so confused because it was a lot of loud music and a lot of flashing lights. Yeah, look, 
Yeah, look. I'm not sure how much you have to say about that, but anyways, it was a good time. And then um, Friday night, oh, that was a bit pretty quiet. Saturday night, big night at Carmen's. Big night. How good's Carmen's? Yeah, I know. I told you. I want to go to Carmen's every weekend. (laughs) I said from the beginning, we're going to Carmen's. But I goes, I'm not going to Carmen's. That's not what I said. I said, I didn't want to go to Norley's because I'm sick of Norley's. I was pumped for Carmen's. I wanted to go straight away. Anyways, Carmen's was great. Um, And that was after another shark win, which helps. Helps. Helps the atmosphere when you go out. Yep. Um, And that brings us to our first segment. Feedback feels with kills. That feels weird introducing myself. Is that right? Marley's nodding at me. <laughs> like, yes, approved. Um, all right, so this, this could be the most I've ever spoken in the podcast. <laughs> it's a bit overwhelming. What? I'm talking into the microphone. Marley's giving me instructions. Um, to not feedbacks but comments and then Marley's going to half tell a story. I might start her off and then she can finish it of a feedback. And G-more, feel free to jump in if you've got one. Um, so the first one is I would like to acknowledge Olivia Newton-John, an icon, a legend, someone who's loved by lots of people around the world, very internationally loved, sadly passed away. Um, it has affected so many people. I think I didn't realise it until I spoke to mum today about it, how everyone truly loved her and she was the best. I am going to definitely watch Grease tonight and I've been listening to her music all day. But, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Everyone else feeling sad? Is everyone okay? Yeah, so it made but me you, very sad. I the, was crying I on the, the train today. the saddest thing I saw was John Travolta's post. Oh, 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 his caption. I can't. It's really sad. Anyways, just wanted to say that. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, we're a sports podcast but we care about everything. We do. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about was um, a dishonourable mention to Carmen's. Oh, no, nah, this is amazing. No. No, it was no, so good, it Georgia. Wasn't, it, it was wasn't amazing. good. I had my head in my jacket because I was so embarrassed. So it would have been literally about 2 a.m. And we're with the Sharks boys. We? Some, some. Yeah. Not all, some. There was probably about five of them. Yeah. Then plus the younger 20s boys. Collectively, I mean, there's a lot of NRL there. I think the most NRL that comes has seen since the 80s. And that's not the point. The point of the story is that at 2am, the DJ decided to play the team song Up Up Cronulla. It was iconic. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. No, can I just say, like, while, you know, quite a, well, I would say four of the five players were red-faced and like, oh, my oh, God. We there sh- was one player we're gonna throw who him under was the bus? so happy and dancing and singing along <laughs> that it truly made me love him even more. It was Blake Braley. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that boy. He was so happy. Yeah, well, no. Uh, uh, oh. Nah, oh, it's definitely a disorder I'm mention. dancing, you can't see me, but he was doing this little jig and it just – I because the rest of us were like, Shame, this and I turned around, and this little boy was so happy. Yeah, I feel like um, Carmen's can do better. Though. How do you think he would feel about being called a little boy? Oh well, that, yeah, Molly, that's slack. Oh, and I don't mean little as in small. He just like looked like a cute little boy at a shark's game. <laughs> Doesn't look like his cute little baby face. Okay. Anyways, the point is, is that I thought it was just just want to mention. I don't think you could do that. I loved it. Okay, maybe if they win the grand final. Yeah, it was mad, but... Anyways, whatever. <laughs> um, and lastly, for feedback, a loyal listener of the show, Ella Gould, 
who we did see in Northies on the weekend. Um, she actually <laughs> had a bit of a fangirl moment for Molly, I guess. I don't know. I don't know fangirl. Nah, it was she, very, like, just, it was pretty cool. Nah, it was actually good from her. She, um, she's a great person, but she said, she was just saying how she still loves the podcast and stuff, yeah. which is really nice. And then she continued to say. Well, she's talking to me about, like, what she wants to do in her life and, um, yeah, saying that she wants to end up in sports media and stuff and we were having a good yarn about it. And I and said, then, quote, she said, I'm going to be the next Marley Silva. And I said, bruv, aim higher, <laughs> aim higher than that. But it was just nice. And, um, yeah, a couple of those girls um, in that, they're in the shark system. Yeah, they're they? in the shark system, yeah. Yeah, they were really cool and they were very in tune. So we appreciate their listening. Of the I podcast. actually, um, on the back of that, need to give a shout out to Taya Beckett because she did grab me on Saturday and said, whenever I go on my hot girl walks, I always listen to the podcast. Remember how you and Gemma were talking about hot girl walks? Yes, hot girl walks are a thing. Anyway, and she said, and Ella got a shout out and I said, do you want a shout out? She said, yes. So I'm shouting out Tay. <laughs> She's great. And we had a good boogie on Saturday. Now it's time for a segment we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week. Marley, what are we talking about? Well, this came out uh, actually last week, but we didn't get to touch on it. And I really wanted to bring this up because it's been quite a bizarre one. I don't know how much you've seen of it, G, over there in the UK, but in the lead up to the release of 350 game AFL veteran, the one and only Eddie Betts, a true icon of the sport, I think, icon of Australian sport in general. Um, He's written a biography. It's called The Boy from Boomerang Crescent. And it, um, you know, amongst telling his incredible life story, his uh, career story, he also reveals details of a traumatizing and psychologically distressing preseason camp, which has really rocked the sporting world. So after a 2017 premiership loss, the Adelaide Crows, who Eddie was playing for at the time, decided to put their players through a pretty intense preseason camp where the organisers made players do such things as scream offensive taunts at each other, even racist things to Indigenous players like Eddie, um, use details about childhood trauma, which, you know, details that were revealed to what players thought were private um, sessions with a counsellor. The example that Eddie gives is that he told his counsellor he grew up without his dad and his teammates were told to scream at him because of this, that he was destined to be a bad dad himself. His wife was pregnant with twins at the time. And there was also the misappropriation of Aboriginal objects and traditions and as slew of other really disturbing activities. I heard of them being tied together and and, and like really, really crazy stuff. Um, I believe they were blind. Oh, they also, the other thing was because they lost to Richmond in the premiership, they were forced to listen to the Richmond um, team song on loop for hours and hours, which is like a torture tactic they use in like Guantanamo Bay and stuff. Like it's so hectic. While at the time back in 2018, there were whispers that this had happened and there was a report made to the AFL and to Safe Work South Australia. Um, you know, the the organisation that actually ran the camp was found to have not done any wrongdoing. Uh, but since Eddie has spoken about this, a few other Crows players have come out and backed him and there's talk of a uh, class action lawsuit actually being launched uh, because of the impact that this has had. Wow. So 
I mean, I wanted to raise this because this is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. I mean, I think we often hear about the sort of army camps. I know that Melbourne does one every year in the NRL, uh, which which is certainly not like this. Um, But I wanted to, first of all, hear your guys' thoughts uh, about it all. I remember very vividly the time that this came out after the camp happened itself. A bunch of the players basically got back and almost immediately reported this as being cruel and unfair and just beyond what any sort of pre, like any sort of army camp has ever given them a similar experience, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Completely jumbled my words. Um, And in pretty typical fashion a lot of sports commentators at the time former players etc players these days have gone soft we've always done these types of camps in pre-seasons you've lost a premiership you need to sort of do something to bond the team together blah 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 not sure if you remember similar reports came out of a camp at either the Broncos or the Cowboys, I feel, at the time, there was a bit of a whisper about how, like, you know, the extremes that these camps were being taken to. Like you mentioned, Storm do quite a famous one every year. And, you know, while I think it is quite brutal and personality revealing for sure, I don't think it includes any of the same sort of personal trauma being dug up and sort of abused for, in my opinion, um, I don't think that that was ever going to be beneficial to bringing a group of players together. I am glad that Eddie has spoken about it so freely in this book because I think that while it was brought up at the time, like you said, nothing ever really came of it. And I think the party line from there very much became that, oh, you can't do anything these days and players have gone soft and everything's too PC and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think there's a very fine line between players being willing to cop a bit of rough and tumble in order to, you know, have bonding and a tough experience versus genuine abuse of personal information and culture and I'm sure religion was involved in all these sorts of things. So, yeah, I think it's just bizarre that this has come back up. I think it's absolutely mental that nobody at the Crows thought to do anything about it before Eddie's book came out. Um, not that they should have silenced it or removed that part or anything, but I think a sort of address needed to be made, if not at the time in 2018. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it wasn't dealt with properly in 2018, so if you weren't going to address it then, there had to be someone who knew this book was coming and people had to have known that he would... Uh, be the brave enough person to address it Um, and you know I think that the Crows have certainly suffered enough with racial claims and um, lots of things like that in the past and their reputation seems to be not recovering particularly well before the next sort of scandal comes up so yeah I mean I think it's super brave and extremely important that Eddie actually address these things and Yeah, I think it is – I hope that we don't go from here to a place where it's like, okay, well, no one can do anything and all these camps (laughs) are banned because I have heard such positive stories about, you know, really great team building coming out of these sorts of things. So I think it's just very poor judgment from the Crows really. Truly, yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like you guys covered it. But similar to G, I just can't believe it hasn't been, like, known about earlier or not spoken about or – I don't know. I mean, you, you you hope you give them the benefit of the doubt, but obviously something's gone wrong behind the scenes. 
Well, um, also just for a bit of context for you, Keely, if you don't know, Eddie spoke about the fact that when he raised it with uh, the the coaching staff of the Crows, he was dropped from the leadership team in the in at that time. Yeah, 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 right. So I think that's part. Okay, of – Okay, that's part of the issue then. Yeah. Obviously, from higher up, like, and when you're in a leadership group, uh, you're given a voice, and you're supposed to. Well, from what I know, you're supposed to be in that leadership group group because of the respect you have by your teammates and your coaching staff mm. so you should be allowed to talk about how you feel so that's probably um again poor leadership from above not in that within that group um that's really sad that he had to go through that but i think as well similar to what g said that um oh, you do not have to get the best out of someone by torturing them in that way there are so many ways and obviously we've heard of those army camps uh, for the NRL boys and I'm sure other sports across the world, you make someone hold a rope and not drop it yeah. for eight hours, yeah. stay up for 24 hours. Like that is a way of challenging someone and their mental strength and their um, mental toughness to get through anything and know that no, not one game this year will be as hard as what they've done. That's yeah. the point of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you stick together, you talk to each other through it and you work, like you push through to become mentally tough. So – I don't think bringing up personal matters and trying to trigger someone or yeah, that's cooked. Like that's trauma. Yeah. You don't need to bring up trauma to try and make someone tough. The know? other thing is, is if it was said on the field, the player would be suspended. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like we've come to a point in our game where there's an acknowledgement of the sensitivity around certain issues and there's a certain line that you can't cross when sledging on the field. Yeah. So I don't think that as a game you can – put policies around that and then clubs can just go and abuse it simply because they're not players and it's not happening on the field. Yeah. yeah very good point, Jay. Yeah, but I think that um, what I'm, what my point is that, yeah, it's not a reason to get rid of a army-style camp or a tough, you know, training session like she was saying. We hope it doesn't mean you get rid of it. Um, just don't be dumb. Well, Do it's, it right. Do it respectfully. Be a nice person. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I will just also say um, that it was an independent body that ran this camp. I know, I know that. No, 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 but I think – and you have to do your due diligence as an organisation when you're picking someone to do this, right? Um, the Crows promptly cut ties with these guys, right, at the time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but they still drop agree. Eddie Betts from the leadership no, I'm, group. I, hey, I'm not defending them. No, I'm just I'm saying. just saying that – like that's just important context, but I totally... I do think that it was an independent body, but at the same time they sit down in a planning group with people from the Crows, like where did they get that information from? You know, there's a certain sort of collaboration that comes and even though it's not the staff yelling the things, it's certainly the staff who have provided the information for the third party to utilise. Like it is a very blurred line there. I mean, it's yeah, it's a totally b- bizarre scenario, but hopefully one that um, you know ha- has a, a positive result in the sense that yeah, maybe clubs are doing more of their due diligence when it comes to this sort of thing and not using trauma as a bloody weapon. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Second thing we would like to talk about today um, is something that's been quite super relevant over the last three days or so um, and it's about Ricky Stewart's comments um, that raise the question should we be having press conferences straight after NRL matches the head coach of the NRL's Canberra Raiders Ricky Stewart 
is a passionate and at times hot-headed man who has had his fair share of fines after post-match comments in press conferences. No incident, though, has caused reaction and outrage like what occurred this past Saturday night after his team's loss against the Panthers, where he made personal comments about a Penrith player referring to an issue he had with his son some 12 years ago. While we won't speculate on the why and what we personally think should happen in the aftermath of this event, it's an important question former Sharks captain Paul Gallen raised in light of it that we wanted to discuss. So... um just as we're coming into record, it has been released that Ricky Stewart will receive a one-match ban and a $25,000 fine. So there's the context there. But what I particularly wanted us to discuss was something that Paul Gallen wrote in a Wide World of Sports article about this. So to quote him, he said that Ricky uh, was his coach at Cronulla for four seasons. Uh, he said he's a very passionate person and everyone knows that. There's no secrets with him. He wears his heart on his sleeve. What you see is what you get. He's also a very loyal person. What happened after the match between Canberra and Penrith has exposed one of the things that frustrates the hell out of me and it's the problem with doing post-match press conferences. Doing a media conference moments after a game is just stupid. What happened with Ricky is exactly what the media wants and it's what the public wants. To an extent, it's what those running the game want too, although obviously not in the manner what we saw Saturday night. Everyone wants someone to go into the media conference and say something stupid or outrageous so we've got something to talk about for three or four days. The whole rugby league media cycle is built on that. The trouble is, as soon as someone says something controversial, we want to punish them and hang them out to dry. So, this reminded me of something that happened in the AFL earlier this year when we saw Western Bulldogs uh, coach Luke Beveridge storm out of a post-match press conference after a big conflict with a journalist. We covered that at the time um, and it was revealed that this particular journalist had, you know, been leaked – you know, absorbing leaks from the club in his writing and all that sort of stuff. So that kind of stuff sort of happens and and raises all these sorts of questions about press conferences. But what do you guys think about uh, what Gal has, I guess, uh, raised here? I personally think it's an interesting one because I think I can see where Gal's coming from for sure. I completely agree with him saying that it is what people want and it's a clickbait sort of cycle and people, you know, journalists particularly, will sort of poke and poke until they get the response that they're after. On the other side of the same coin, I think that this is potentially a... I'm trying to be careful with my words here, but what I think it is... Not too much to ask that a grown man can essentially report on his job in a respectful way without having an emotional outlash or attack on someone's personality. I think that this story would be handled so differently if it were a woman who had an outlash. (laughs) first like this I think it would have been discussed that this is why women can't be in these high pressure jobs too emotional to this to that and why they while people are saying that you know Ricky's just an emotional person and blah 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 I think you know people in high pressure jobs all over the world are passionate and emotional about what goes on in their role and I think that I don't think it's personally I don't think it's too much to ask of grown men to come out and do their jobs and if they really don't feel up to it we see time and time again people in press conferences athletes in the states people all over the world come out 
give a brief sentence on what they felt about the game and say, I won't be taking any more questions, thank you. I don't think that's too much to ask of someone and I think that the game and all leagues and all codes across all countries have been built on coaches giving a summary of how they feel their team performed on the day. I don't I think what Ricky said was awful. I don't really know how that should be handled moving forward, but I personally don't think that's too much to ask of people, of grown-ups. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, I think that's super fair. I actually um yeah, I, feel, I I do agree with Gal. I like I don't know. This is a hard one. This is a really hard one. Um I think that um the way that Gallon said what he said was really good. And I think that if uh, like that was my previous coach and I had a really good experience and relationship with him, I'd want to come out and defend him as well. Um I think that only like you know not similarly to G but I think that probably shows that a lot of people have coming out to back Ricky um saying you know he was he's a loyal person he's quite emotional and stuff um and hopefully that change I don't know I actually don't know let me really think out yeah, you no, go I you agree go. like my what I had to like I don't think it's a reflection. Well, obviously the whole situation is a reflection on Ricky. What I'm saying is not targeted to Ricky. Yes, no, I know. Like I've never met someone who has worked with him closely and doesn't respect him completely highly. Like I think a lot of people have a lot of time for him and I don't know him to make a judgment. So all I can back is the people who I respect, who are, you know, often affiliated with Storm or whatever, who respect him. So like I have no problem with him at all. I just think that... And I, and I don't know the people he was talking about to pass judgment on the context of it either. But I think that sometimes people in all walks of work have to have tough conversations with people and we all have personal opinions that need to be pinned when we're having professional conversations. And, I yeah. Yeah, I, I think that um, what he said, he should never have said. The way he said it, I think if he felt emotional and he felt he needed to say something, he would have worded it in a, a, you know, a different manner. Um, and just made a different comment that wasn't as much of a personal attack as it was because despite whatever's happened, he's still saying something hurtful and we don't know how that's hurt, you know, affected the player um, and the player's family. So, you know, yeah, I don't think – yeah, it's not right. But I do like what Gallon said. Yeah, look, I would have to say that when I'm approaching this discussion – uh, the actual context and, and the event itself is not really something that I want to make a judgment on because that and a reaction like that doesn't come from nothing. But also I completely agree with G. It's 100% unprofessional. And the way that this is being handled and what you're alluding to, G, is it sets a precedent. And it's an important precedent to to think about, especially, you know, moving forward, like you said, when it comes to female leadership coming through sport I think that's we always come at it from a gendered perspective from undeniably a feminist perspective and I want this you know experience and the way that the media deals with it to be something that we look back on when we get to that point eventually um, where something like this happens when it's a female head coach in a in a footy league right so I think that's why it's really really important and I I I definitely agree with G here um you got to put your big boy pants on and you've got to do the tough stuff sometimes. And, um, but it, it, I think it, 
it was important for us to talk about this because it's something that shocked a lot of people and has been the biggest discussion in sports media in Australia this week and that's what we do. Um, so I think it's an important one. Look, again, uh, th- there's no personal judgment on any of the individual parties that are involved in this because it's not something any of us know and I think that's something that our media also has to remember. Like no one actually really knows the whole story here except the people involved. And on that uh, of things that um, I guess, are, you know, maybe our media needs to be reminded of. I had to talk about something that I saw this week on my Facebook feed, right? Like I don't even look at Facebook usually, but I was on there because Keely's birthday event that's happening um, this week, which will be fun. Um, And I saw an article and it just sickened me. It sickened me. I'm not going to tell you who – I'm not going to dignify the article by giving you the – you know, exact who it is and whatever. But you can probably – you may have seen this – the Daily Telegraph had a headline <clears throat> about an NRL player and them being spotted on a date with someone, a, a girl who's got a high-profile influencer kind of thing. And I was like... Is First of all, that's not news. <laughs> yeah, but second of all, I think this is the trickling in of, um, I guess, stuff that we see usually of like NBA players being spotted by TMZ with models and famous people and the like. And it just freaks me out because I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen that before. And I'm kind of like, surely we're not heading down that path because I really don't think that's appropriate. Yeah. No, you'd hope not. And that's just adding more stress and pressure to the situations. Um, As if people outside the NRL community don't judge us enough. And now they're, you know, more to look at, more to talk about. Just silly stuff that, I, I don't know, I find it irrelevant. Let them live their life. Surely you can do enough life. Instagram stalking to figure out who's dating who without yeah. it needing to be in mainstream media. It legitimises it and makes it a thing that people should care about, like in a more serious way than us, like, you know, in your group chat doing a screenshot being like, oh, so-and-so is liking so-and-so's photos. Like, yeah, that's stuff we do all the time, but having it is in it? a no, I don't mean us personally. Kidding, I'm, I'm talking about like our jet. Well, hey, like we do that about people you used to go to high school with. Like as if you don't do that, some people do that with high profile people, right? And I just saw this and I thought, I don't like that as a as a you know direction that we're heading. If that's something that you know people want to read about, what do you think, Chi? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Like you said, it feels super Americanized, and I'm on the same train as Keely in that it just doesn't feel like news. This one, I think, like, we probably do this often and I don't know, maybe people get sick of it, but I feel like when I think, I don't know the player that the article was written about personally by any means, but when I put it in the context of one of my mates who maybe I do know, I just know how, like, personally invaded and awful they would feel about something like that being written. I just don't think it's anyone's business and I think that, you know, like you said, put it on celeb spell check or someone posted on their <laughs> local Facebook page. I think stuff like that is person, pers- perfectly fine and it's always going to happen. People are always going to be invested in the personal vibes of these athletes that they look up to. But I just don't think that news sources need to be carrying on like that. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I think these, I mean, can you stop it? Probably not. Is it always going to happen with high-profile people? Of course, but I just think it's like 
unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> it's not news. And like and to, it's just a complete invasion of privacy. Yes, and to give just a little bit more context on that situation, a member of the public snapped a photo of this player and this woman on a date and sent it to someone who thought it would be appropriate to write an article about. That's where I have the problem. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Take the picture, send it in your group chat if you absolutely have to. But I would expect that maybe from someone who's like 15 and doesn't really think about these sorts of things, not to be ageist, but when you're a teenager, you don't think about those broader implications. But, you know, this is probably a fully grown adult who just wants to... Lame. Make a headline. And I, I don't know. Worry I just want your own life, brother. I wanted to put that in, in this discussion because we're talking about, again, something that we harp on about all the time. Um you know, about the responsibility of media and, and just like silliness. So um, I thought that should be included as well when we talk about this Ricky Stewart stuff um, to make sure that people are being reminded of, you know, like like we spoke about last week, you know, athletes or these people who are in this high profile file space in, in sport and everything are human beings. And I don't know, we need to be a bit more reasonable with how, um, yeah, we assess a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I also think it's the perfect contrast because, like, well, I mean, when we talk about the Ricky Stewart situation, it's like we can hold a higher bar for him in that situation and we can expect him to act in a better way and we can expect to receive formal interviews from coaches in formal settings. Do we have the same expectations for players in their personal lives? No. So, like, it's just finding those lines in what they sort of owe to their role in the media and what they don't. Yeah, and be more aware of the media that you absorb. Think about things before you click on them. Like that's that's the thing I guess I, I would love every kind of average punter to think about, you know, do you want to give this airtime? Do you want to, you know, buy into all this nitty-gritty stuff? It doesn't really matter. So just think about it, I guess, is my final thing. You the real MVP. Each week we'll award someone or something our personal MVP title for something they've done. It's not necessarily something that happens on a sporting field, but rather an act or win that brings us joy. Um, My MVP this week is, as we wrap up the Com Games in Birmingham, Team Australia. I know it's quite obvious, but we racked up a world first 1,000 gold medals at these Com Games, which I think is... Abs- not, we didn't win a 1,000, but we crossed the 1,000 mark at these games, which I think is just absolutely phenomenal. Nothing brings me more joy than watching our medal count just go up and up and up at the Com Games. I love it. And I also want to give a special shout-out to friend of the show, Melissa Wu, who actually was chosen to be the flag bearer at the closing, closing ceremony of the Games this year. All her little interviews when she got told were just absolutely amazing. You can see how much it means to her. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's her fourth Com Games, which is just so unbelievable. She medalled yet again. And we love her. And she was flag bearer. So Team Oz and Melissa Wu. Get it, guys. Love it. Love that stuff. Off the back of yours, Chi, um, my MVP is a bit... I guess a bit more on the personal side. Um, I had the pleasure of being surprised by, um, you know, some of the content I saw on my TikTok around this Com Games in having recognised a young woman I many, many moons ago did nippers with. 
in South oh, Cronulla. Yes. We were South Cronulla craze together. And she was an absolute superstar even in the under sixes. She used to absolutely pump everyone on the sand sprint, in the board, in the swim, in everything. Her name is Bree Masters. And she's been competing in iron women competitions and, and all that sorts of stuff in Queensland um, for the last couple of years. And she had her debut as a 100-metre sprinter in the Com Games just passed. And it, I had no idea. I hadn't even thought about her in a long time, to be honest, um, until I came up on my TikTok, her uh, making it to the semifinal in the 100-metre sprint. I mean, she's an absolute machine still. She ended up coming 13th in the whole thing she was super stoked about it and then she was pretty fundamental in the our women's four by 100 meter sprint um relay where we just got pipped at the post and nearly got a bronze which is pretty phenomenal like we're not known as a sprinting nation and um it was just really cool and I love you know seeing you know just a name that's familiar from your childhood absolutely killing it and and you know achieving their dreams so it was really really cool um I've now followed her on Instagram I'll probably slide into her DMs one day to try and get an interview somewhere but I don't know if she'd remember me but I definitely remember Bray Masters I think we like a yeah. most of South Carolina remembers Bray Masters because of how she bloody good she was yeah my MVP is actually uh one that G Moore sent to us which so gratefuls for G Moore um and it is um NRL posted it yesterday I believe and it is um, a really cool paid partnership with Bundaberg Rum um, and they're doing fantasy teams where you pick your top three for that week male or female so you can actually pick from the NRL crew or the NRLW crew um, and make your best best three and get the most points out of that week and the ad's really cool so you should definitely go onto the NRL Instagram page and have a watch because it's quite funny and there's really well-known NRL players, NRLW players, and it's a bit of banter with that you'd be picking the girls because their stats are really great and, yeah, it's really cool. So MVP to that whole partnership. Very exciting and I feel like, I mean, I've I've never been good at that whole fantasy team thing. I know all my friends do it, like, as a, as a general thought, um, but I think this might encourage a lot more people to get involved, a lot of young aspiring female athletes too, I'd say. Love it. Love it. Now we come to our final segment of the show, our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport, event, or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. I'll go first. Go on then. My one, similar to the start of the show, is Grease. Grease the movie. I've actually sadly spoken to a few people in the last few weeks randomly because the Grease soundtrack sometimes comes on at work. Some people haven't seen it. Gemma Squadrito. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know this fact I about forgot. her. Our dear friend Gemma. Oh, she's yeah. We tried to make her watch absolutely it. Absolutely atrocious at not having seen iconic films. Yeah. So. And eating good. Like, and she brand just watches Like Mike film. seven times a year. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it's not Love Island or Like Mike, she's not there. Yeah. Anyway, so watch Grease. If you haven't watched it, grow up. If you've watched it, watch it again. Appreciate Olivia and John. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, but yeah, that's mine. My one to watch is I am actually planning tomorrow on walking up to my local shops and grabbing a copy of The Boy from Boomerang Crescent, that biography of Eddie Betts's that was that we were just speaking about. And I, you know, 
I mean, like we mentioned, and a really nice piece that was written about this biography coming out referred to him as being the heir to the throne when it comes to um, the legacy that the Nicky Wimars and Adam Goods has left in the AFL as Indigenous voices and icons and I certainly agree that Eddie took that on. So I'm really excited to read his story and I would also recommend going and watching the episode of Living Black, um, which is an NITV SBS show uh, that Carla Grant hosts where he's in it and he tells, you know, some pretty um, profound and, and heartbreaking stories about his experience with racism in the game but also some inspiring stuff. So I'm going to do lots of Eddie Betts watching and reading this week. Love. Um, My is not so much a one to watch, but a one to participate in. The Good Weekend Quiz has come to consume our lives over here. And I don't know if I'm real well, I know I'm quite late to the party, but it is a quiz by the Sydney Morning Herald, I believe. The Instagram page is at Good Weekend Quiz, and every weekend they put up 25 questions, some Australian-based, some not. They're really fun. It's great to get a group around and do it. And then they have, like, a question of the day and they have, like, a picture clue question. And it's just really fun and we often do it over our morning coffee on a Sunday or on a hangover, which is also a great time. Um, But, yeah, if I'm late to the party, apologies, but get around it. It's a great little Instagram. Have you made it a competition? Well, we do it together. So we're just oh. trying to beat ourselves. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. yeah, be better. Well, I actually used to do this mm-hmm. at work. This oh, is, really? Yeah, we used to do it at work. Um, and it, then we'd end up writing our favourite ones on the board. And then when patients yeah. come in, they have to read the board and try and get the quiz right. So I am on so that, fun. And I'm I on that bus. Say, we were a bit late on the weekend, so we did it actually on Monday night, last night at the time of recording. Um, and... I think I I contributed pretty well to the team last night, if I may Proud say so. So, Meg, you're welcome. <laughs> Great. I'm going to be really good at that. Just an FYI. Yeah, so you are. Yes. Honestly, like, don't verse Marley in a quiz, but take her to trivia. Yep. If you want to win. <laughs> I retain useless facts. That's what my big head's good for. Take her to trivia has to be the name of the episode. Take her to trivia. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of the show. I've saved my voice for this final moment. I know that you're missing me in the driver's seat. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell us in feedback, but absolutely do tell me in feedback. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Give us a five-star rating. It really, you know, like genuinely though, like if you actually really love it, then give us a five-star. Like we, we want to make sure we're giving you everything that you want to hear um we love hanging out with you make sure you're also following us on instagram are you trying to ask the listeners out because you're complimenting them heaps well i love them (laughs) so um make sure you're following us on tiktok as well at chicks and balls pod and on twitter at chicks and balls no that's pod isn't it no pod we've only been doing that (laughs) like that you're sacked anyway um Other than that, hopefully next week I sound a lot better than this, even though it's kind of at the sexy husky nah, level. it's not. You can't We're say back you only said that about 25,000 uh, times. And it was really nice to be able to be with you in real time, Georgia Moore. It's Woo! been a bloody pleasure. It's a reunion. And we will catch you next time. See ya, dude, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs>